I've been thinking some about legacy these days. It's not that I haven't thought about it at other times in my life, but it takes on increasing importance, feels a little more urgent as one grows older. Yes? I think of the legacies of those who came before me, loved ones who have died, and the influence, inspiration, guidance, encouragement, insights, support, and love they left to me for me, within me, around me. I've been thinking about ancestors, the people who came before me and looking into the future to the people I have come before. Does that make sense? I am living, we are living in the before of future generations. We are tomorrow's people who came before. And I find it helpful sometimes to decenter my own present time in this manner. To free myself for just a bit from seeing everything from the perspective of my now. That was then, this is now, that is what will be to think rather about the fact that this now will be then when what will be becomes the now. (laughs) I feel I should offer a few moments of silence to ponder my confused articulation of time, but instead I'll just plow ahead. What I'm trying to say, I think, is that to truly understand myself As an ancestor, to get a hold on what that means, I need to imagine myself as being in the before. What will I have offered to this world? What sort of traces will I have left behind? What from my life may still ripple across this interdependent web of all existence? What sort of ancestor am I? And I am using the term ancestor very loosely here as the truth is that it is quite possible that many of us may not ever qualify under the precise definition offered by none other than Ancestry.com. And who should know better what an ancestor is, right? They say an ancestor is anyone you descend from. In families, to descend means to come from. You descend from your parents who descend from their parents who descend from their parents and so on. That chain of parents and children are your ancestors. This means that not every older relative is your ancestor, according to Ancestry.com. Now, many of us are not parents. Many parents may not ever be grandparents, yet I am including us all, when I talk about ancestors today, 
I'm using ancestor in a much wider, maybe symbolic sense, one that may indeed include relatives who were not parents, one that may indeed include people who are not family members at all, but who have left legacies to you, tangible and intangible, legacies of heart and mind, of intellect and emotion, of experience and reflection, of ritual and resources. Legacies that reverberate across time and help to shape our lives today in ways we may never be able to fully comprehend, but which, in flashes of awareness and recognition, cause us to be grateful to those who came before. Some of those, those people who came before, some of those we can name. Some we may not ever be able to name. People who influenced the people who inspired us. People who encouraged and supported the people who influenced the people who inspired us. People who took part in struggles that have made a way where there was no way. People whose names we will never know who have been collectively subsumed into the historical nomenclature of movement. The women's movement, the labor movement, the civil rights movement, the anti-war movement, the LGBTQ plus movement, the disability movement, and people who led quiet, unassuming lives, yet left a legacy of bold kindness and deep compassion displaying generosity that continues to ripple out from their time and place across the years, across generations, across communities, across the world. When I think of the people who came before, I quickly realize that the ones I can name are a small, tiniest minority of those to whom I am grateful. Scott Taylor's question from the readings is important, I think. It is important to ask myself how I wish to be remembered and... It is also important for me to acknowledge that realistically, I won't be remembered for long. Not for generations, right? There are those people whose lives I have touched, whose lives have touched mine, who will remember me. But as I climb that Ancestry.com family tree, or maybe the image is meant to be digging into the roots of that family tree. I never quite know which way I'm going on the family tree. But whichever image we use, I don't have to climb very high or dig very deep into my roots to find people I've never heard of in my life. People who are simply names. People who undoubtedly mattered to their families and friends who left imprints of their existence and ways of being that are still being felt across time, but they do so anonymously. We cannot name where it comes from. At a worship arts meeting many years ago, I began the meeting by sharing, having just discovered it, the passage from the novel Middlemarch by George Eliot that Mary shared in the readings today. The growing good of the world is partly dependent on unhistoric acts. And that things are not so ill with you and me as they might have been is half owing to the number who lived faithfully a hidden life 
and rest in unvisited tombs. <laughs> the members of the committee looked alternately shocked, puzzled, or amused. Was that meant to be inspiring, one asked. <laughs> yes, I said, I thought so. Sounds kind of depressing, said another. You may have felt similarly hearing it in the reading today and hearing it for the second time now. And I just want to explain as best I can why I love this passage. First, and this is the rather hard piece of it, I think. First, because it strikes me as completely honest about the reality that at some point I, the particulars of the person I am and the life I have lived will be forgotten. That's not easy. I know. I feel that, too. With the death of Senator Dianne Feinstein this week, amid the many tributes and remembrances shared, I thought to myself how her memory may well be kept alive longer than most as her life was carried out on a public stage and involved historic events, but it, too, will fade. We talk about people who will be remembered forever, <laughs> but in the words of George Harrison, all things must pass. Memories fade. The people who remember me, too, will die. So endeth the sermon. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> I'm not going to leave you there. <laughs> Here's the other piece of it, that nevertheless, even if I am forgotten, how I lived still matters. It matters, and it matters greatly. The growing good of the world is dependent on unhistoric acts, which are the only acts I will ever carry out. And to people who lived faithfully, may it be so, who lived faithfully a hidden life, hidden from the pages of history, hidden from the spotlight, hidden from who's who, hidden from world's most influential and world's sexiest and world's richest and world's smartest, hidden even from the people who generations later benefit from the unhistoric acts and the faithful living of those folks. Hidden, forgotten, these people who came before yet deeply meaningful. If we are to believe George Eliot, and I do, their lives were deeply meaningful to the world we inhabit right now. So I ask, how do I wish to be remembered? Yes. And I also ask, what kind of legacy may I be leaving? What may live on in some form or fashion that I cannot even guess even after I am forgotten? Because listen, I've been talking about positive legacies, but there are painful legacies also. Trauma and hurt that carry over generations with the source sometimes unknown or untraceable. So when we talk about deepening connections by nurturing spiritual growth, nurturing spiritual growth can sound like it is self-directed, self-absorbed even, but it makes a difference in how we live. Pain that is not transformed is transmitted, Richard Rohr said. 
So the work each of us does to understand ourselves can have a powerful effect in how we respond to others, can ripple across the interdependent web, can indeed deepen connections, and can allow us to live faithful lives, faithful as best we can be to our highest aspirations. George Eliot describes the roots that I grow from, that nurture me, the people who came before me, some who I know and love, many more who I cannot name, but who I am deeply grateful to nonetheless. Burton Carley may be on to something when he suggests that the unique task of these creatures called humans may be to serve as the memory for creation. And a piece of that task may be to explicitly call to mind and heart the people who are forgotten, to remember them as best we can with no names to call them by, but with deep gratitude for their faithful, living, and unassuming, unhistoric acts of compassion. What all of you are doing by keeping this congregation thriving and the flame of this chalice lit, come on people, light this fire, right? The work and dedication and resources, your willingness to take part in the work of this community, they nurture, support, and expand this community. All of that is for the now, of course, for we who gather. And it is also a gift to future generations. Just as the legacy gift is that uh, Joanne Miller talked about, it is a way deeply grateful of the work and compassion and dedication, the unhistoric but deeply meaningful acts of the people who came before us. It is a way to recognize and take responsibility for the reality that we are also the people who came before for future generations. And so we do all we can to be good ancestors.